Coming up, are you looking to use data to help you make better marketing decisions? Well, today's guest shares how to set up user flags to drive more conversions, why too many KPIs will drive you bonkers, and how many users you need to make sense of all this crazy data. Stay tuned. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Want to double your downloads using ASO? Check out appmastersacademy.com to discover our exact ASO strategies to grow your downloads. That's appmastersacademy.com. CleverTap brings together real-time user insights an advanced segmentation engine, and easy-to-use marketing tools in one mobile marketing platform. Go check them out at clevertap.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content in the app business. And today, I've got somebody that I'm super excited to be talking to because he's going to help you automate some of that marketing, really know what's happening with your users and that data, something I know nothing about. So I'm going to be learning alongside you. But let me introduce the guest. His name is Lior Barak. He's the marketing marketing automation expert and founder at Tale About Data. That's T-A-L-E, taleaboutdata.com. Check him out there. He has a proven record in successfully converting companies from these boring, arduous Excel spreadsheets to state-of-the-art automated data-driven reporting systems. Lior helps organizations to set up the infrastructure and tools for automating, why do I keep wanting to say automating? Automating their (laughs) marketing efforts. Without further ado, Lior, welcome to the show. Happy to be here. Thank you very much for hosting me. I'm listening to your show for so long and it's really, really honored to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you on because it's something that I don't know anything about and something I want to learn more about. So Lior, let's start with this. Like, What are these flag things that you keep talking about? Setting up flags. So at the end of the day, flags means that we need to understand each of the sessions that are created on our app, what they produce. So what is the value of them and what will be the future value of them? And by flagging the sessions and segmenting, creating a segment for that, you will be able to better value your acquisition and you will be able even to know what is your ROI at the end of the day from each euro you spend. So this is the idea of the flaggings. So what's a good indexing flag then? How do you define that? A good index? A good indexing flag is basically depends on the business that you have. And during the session, as we know, everybody, so a user arrives to your app, he landing, he arriving to his to your homepage, and then from there he's starting to do different operations. And to know exactly what is the value and what is uh, is it worth for you as a user, you need to see what is it clicking on, right? You have some funnel that you have in your head. Most of us uh, in a game, for example, we want to have more engagement, more video watching more advertisement that the user are going to use and watch, and of course, at the end, buying. And on the other side, we have in e-commerce, we want to have somebody who convert into an order. So we put a product there, and we want to actually see money coming out of our product. And using this flex, you will be able to know who is the users that you need to put more effort in re-engagement and re-acquiring them, basically spending more money with them, and you'll be able to understand much better what is the value that they're going to supply to your business at the end of the day. Are we, do we need any type of SDK or any type of platform or tools for you to set up this flagging system? 
So you can do it quite with the basic ones that we have today. So either a Just Apps Flyer, even if you have a Google Analytics tracking, uh, it's a good start because uh, it can explain to you your session. So what happened during each of your devices session. And then from there, you can take the raw data and aggregate it into a meaningful table for you, basically. And what are you like? What are you looking at when you're setting up the flags? Do you kind of help us say, "Hey, you know, here's where we set, where we have should have the flag," or do we need to kind of figure that out on our own? So I believe that each business is quite unique in the way that he's looking at these flags, right? So if it's a game and he has a certain uh, areas that he wants the users to engage much more, this will be his main flags. If it's an e-commerce, at the end of the day, they want to see that people adding products to the basket, where, the, which products are they doing, so what categories. And if we're going to the lower level, you can actually say that these profitable products, I will give them a higher level if somebody adding to cart or adding to wish list, because at the end of the day, it means they're going to convert much better in the future. And they're going to create much more value for us. And then what do we do with these flags? I mean, is, for me, I always feel like, okay, it's data. I have all this data. What the <laughs> hell do I do with all this data? So the idea of it at the end of the day, it's the flagging, creating segmentation for users. So every, every day we get hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of visits on our webs on our app. And the flagging will allow us to segment our users based on. So, for example, from some of my users, I have five categories, which says junk users, which are usually the users that they got, arrived, they installed, they opened the, the homepage and they didn't proceed from there. So this is users that we're not going to invest anymore in them because most likely we paid on it quite a lot of money and to make them do an operation it's because us much more. Uh, then we have uh, milking cows users, which are basically much more engaged and they arrived either to add to cart or they already done an, a, a, a buying on the website, which means they already produced for us some value of money. And at the end of the day, we need to look at this in an aggregated way. So us as marketeers, we cannot deal with each device. We cannot target each device, but we can segment it in a right way and then upload it back to Facebook and Google and some other channels and basically tell them, okay, guys, this is the users I want you to target because I know they're going to convert for me. And this is, at the end of the day, the idea of these flaggings. No. So you, as a marketeers, don't deal with it at all. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt, but I just talked to our previous interview on 695 with Tiago. He talked specifically about retargeting users, about understanding when they drop off. He, you know, he, what he said was, hey, once a user comes in and is a free user, we're, we want that day seven retention to maintain because they know that if, they, if a user plays for seven days straight, they're going to convert into a paying user. And so what they do is they retarget ads to these users on Facebook for seven days straight. So you constantly see, hey, download peak or check out peak, come back. So re-engagement campaigns too. Correct. So this, this is exactly with the flagging. This is what you can set up with your flaggings. You can actually decide that this is the type of users or devices because at the end of the day, we have all the device IDs, right? So we know exactly who is the, who are the install that arrived to us and then we can re-engage them based on their activity. And not only that, think about that, that if you know that they looked at a certain product and you can actually show it to them in the advertisement so you can personalize the marketing for them, you have a much higher potential to get them back. Uh, I have a, a somebody that I was working with uh, now and he have five hats that he is producing and he's selling online, only five hats. And he personalized each of his marketing based on which head the user watched, and this is the advertisement that's going to hunt him in his dreams. For 30 days straight, it's just going to show him the same head time after time after time until he's buying it. 
Uh, and that's the beauty about these plugins because it allows you to create a segmentation for the users, which I think is the most important part of our re retargeting at the end of the day. We need to know not how much we spend, but what we get in return. So do what you, is our ROI? Do you help us automate the whole like retargeting campaign too? Or is it just like setting up the systems to help you kind of go to the next step? So I usually, I'm taking it all the way to the end. So I'm taking it from the first session to so the first acquisition, the first time that you're doing acquisition of a new user. And then during the funnel, because we need to construct in a different way. So if, for example, on an e-commerce, we know that in the first 14 or 30 days, that's the hot time to convert somebody into a sale. We need to pump it quite hard during this time. And then when we're going after 60 days or 90 days, we will need to target it in a different strategy. So we will need to move in between the segmentation that we have created for the flagging and then know also what is the investment that we are willing to do for it. I see. And then what's the better approach? Do you have to set a lot of flags or is it better to just focus on a few flags in the very beginning? At the beginning, always very few, so very pragmatic. Uh, I, I must say that I had an amazing boss uh, two years ago who taught me the pragmatic way because I used to also say, okay, we need quite a lot of KPIs. We need 15, we need quite a lot. And then you, when you started to reduce it and you're focusing uh, your efforts on one KPI, one number, or three or four flags at the end of the day, you will be able to convert much better because you have less white nose that disturbs you from thinking and making your decisions and making your, uh, the, the first decision, as we say, that because at the end of the day, we need to target, we need to do conversions. We're, doing for, we're not doing it for free. We're doing it to get something out of it. And then how many users do, do we need to get some, what's the right word, like statistical relevance or like a good amount of users that actually like will help us figure this stuff out? So to be honest, uh, with the indexing, you can start in a very low volume. So if you just publish your app and you're starting to do now paid acquisition, you can already start it. All the time you have uh, organic next to it uh, to compare it. So you will always need to have the organic downloads on the one side and then the paid ones. And then based on it, you will be able to create these plugins that will help you to understand better what's going on. Now, the, the other one thing I want to talk about, Lior, is like when we're thinking about like building the app, like what are things that would help us kind of figure out like where we need to like better monetize? I don't know where I'm trying to go with this, but like, you know, flagging this data helps us convert more. Like, but what else, like, which, where should we start with this stuff? Because, you know, like, I'm just kind of like, all right, how do I make sure that I'm going to convert? Like, what do I have to know this? Or are you going to help me with this stuff too? I will help you to come to these decisions as well. At the end of the day, you need to be in the funnel. You need to understand what is, what is your goal? Uh, there are some companies that are going to say that for me, uh, the most important is the mouse, so the monthly active users, and I don't care what they're doing afterwards. But other companies are going to say, no, I want them to click on this specific area because I know that they're going to see some advertisement that's going to drive me more profit. Or on e-commerce, I want them to land on certain products because I know that they are higher in the profitability, and this is where I want to go with it. Uh, and this is basically... When you're starting to build your app, so when you're starting to design it, uh, many times we're building something and we're just publishing it, which is perfectly fine. But after the first publication that you've done for your app, you need to stop, start to see what the users that are coming in, what are they doing, and then start to setting up your flex. Uh, it's really good, actually. So the flex, it's not something fixed. It's something that you will need to switch every quarter. So we need to rethink, okay, is it still relevant for me to compare now my mouse or the DAOs, or should I actually look at other operation inside the app? 
because I added so many new functions into it that I want to monitor now what they're doing, and I think that they're going to drive much more profitability. Uh, and it's connecting also to the A-B testing, right? So we're publishing two versions of an app, and we want to start comparing which one works better and which one the users likes more. And this is this plugin will basically help you to, on the one side, to work better with your product, and on the other side, to monetize and understand better your users and know how to target the same users that you want to have in the future as well. Is having paid acquisition as part of our marketing channel very important before we start doing all this flagging stuff? Uh, yes, because you will need to have some benchmark, at least at the beginning, some organic downloads that you can see more or less how organic users are acting comparing to the uh, paid ones, because it's different activity already. Once you're doing organic, you're not paying on it, and whatever they're going to produce for you, you're going to be happy with. Uh, while when it's coming to paid ones, you want to understand, okay, I spend now 15 euros on acquiring this user. Is he actually doing any profit for me? Do I earn anything out of it? And this is exactly where we're standing. Are there some common best practices that you've seen for like subscription-based apps? I've been beating the beating the horn or beating the ground for subscription-based apps. But any type of best practice that you've seen in terms of getting more subscribers? Uh, there is no one strategy. At the end of the day, it really depends on what you're selling and how you're selling it. And I think that through this flagging, you will be able to actually know if the product you're offering and the users you're bringing on board are a match. And then you will be able to adapt your strategy. Either you deciding to change your product and adapt it to the users that you bring, or you just change acquisition and you're doing better users that fit what you want to sell them. So Lior, like if I came to you and said, hey, I have a subscription-based app and I don't know anything about it yet, but I, I know that maybe I need the data that says, hey, you know, when they use it for seven days, that they're going to become a subscriber. Then we can start flagging people, hey, day one, day two. What do you start flagging from there? Like knowing that knowledge, I said, hey, we need people to get, be in the app for seven days straight. How do you set up flags that way? So you're doing it, first of all, based on what they're doing in the session. So the first session, the first day that they arrive to the app, what did they do exactly? Did they already finish the subscription process? Did they pay it already or they didn't pay? Did they took a free model so they wanted to test you? And then based on it, you try to reacquire them and see again when they're creating a new session, what they're doing during the session. Are they going deeper in our funnel? Are we getting close with what we want them to do? Or we don't. So if you think about it, uh, let's take, for example, if we have a subscription for subscription model for a podcast, right? And we want to have the users coming back as much as we can into our, our podcast, we will need to actually create these triggers inside the sessions that will make them addicted to it. Or they will say, okay, this is my added value. This is why I need to come back and listen to this podcast tomorrow and the day after and the day after. And these are also going to be the flags that you're going to set up in the sessions. So if you make them listen until the end of the podcast on the first day, and then uh, on the second day, you managed to bring them and they started to listen to another one and they didn't finish it. There is something here that either there is an issue and you will need to check it on the third day if they're coming back or not. Mm -hmm. And then based on it, we know how to categorize them in the right way. I see. And then is it just, you know, you started out with junk users, good users, bad users. Is it just kind of labeling them as they go along the process? So if they drop off day three, it's like uh, medium, like, you know, potential there. They go to day five, day seven, really good user, hit them with an offer type of thing. Exactly. And if you also see, so for example, if you see it's a medium user, let's say, then you can say, okay, let me offer him some incentive, right? You can tell him I'm going to give you 50% discount for your first month or whatever. 
and you can try to acquire him and see if he's hooking up to your to your to your uh, to your offer and see what happened there. So this is the ideal bit at the end of the day. I know you work with you know subscribe subscription apps. You work with e-commerce type of companies. Is there one story of a client that comes to mind that you're like, hey, they, they came with this problem, and then we helped them achieve this? So this guy that I helped him now with the hats, it's a really, really, really crazy idea. You know, he's making it handmade and he's having five types of head that he's making for personal use on, he's doing it only in certain regions. So he's working in Israel, this guy. And his problem was that uh, he had visitors that coming on the web, on, the, on his website, landing there and then never converting. And then he said, okay, I have a better idea. I'm going to build an app. And he invested in, in building an app, and which was quite questionable, this decision, because at the end of the day, it's only five products that he's selling, and it's handmade. But he wanted to make it something special, so he designed a nice website that was uh, engaging the users and allowed them to customize the heads a little bit and give them a lot of features uh, on the app that it, they didn't have on the website. Uh, and... It, did, it still didn't convert. And with these plugins, we started to understand what are the users that arrived there. And most of them that installed the app didn't even understand where they arrived to. So they were arriving to the homepage, looking at the ad, saying, okay, great. Uh, and how do I order it now? What am I doing here? And what, I need to wait, what, what do I need to wait for? Uh, and then we started to adapt it and we started to build these plugins inside it. So users that actually clicked on a hat and then they saw the options to customize it and then which type of customization they used. And based on it, we started to create categories for them and then re-engage them again and again and again to come back to the website and say, hey, guys, we know that you were searching for this ad. This is your customization. We show them the uh, in the ad itself, we show them how it should be customized for them. And we try to offer them to come back. And this is with these plugins, we show basically from the, from the moment they return, what is the potential of this user at the end of the day to come back? Because if he customize quite heavily his hat, it's much more likely that we'll be able to reacquire him, retarget him, and then sell it ahead to him. And when we saw that they arrived only to the two first steps, the funnel, they, they will never convert. It was much harder. We needed to pay much more. And then at the end of the day, he said, for me, it's not worth it. So if I need to pay now 50 euros to acquire somebody for a hat that I'm selling for 45 euros, I don't see any reason to do it. And this is the flaggings. Basically, they sold this issue quite easily to know at the end of the day how much money is willing to pay for each of his users and then actually to, to combine them and then show them the best options for them. In the beginning, when you said like they didn't know exactly what to do on when they landed on the app, how did you find out that they didn't know what to do? Because we saw that with the flagging, we, we had we, we set the flaggings during the funnel, right? So inside the funnel itself. And then we saw that most of them arriving either to the homepage and then drop. And some of them uh, arriving, so they're clicking on something, but then they do nothing. And then they're exiting, the session is ending. Uh, which means that they didn't understand the use, they didn't understand what is this app about, and they didn't know what to do with it. Because there was no easy, for example, there was no buying button somewhere. It was first, uh, show me more details, and then the options to customize it. And only after you customize it in the third uh, page, you had buy it now, order it, and then put your details. Uh, and this is something that we changed. So based on these funnels, we understood, okay, this is not working, and we moved it to the beginning. So once you see the app, 
you have buy me now, then you're moving into the customization, and then you're doing the rest of the checkout. So you're putting your details where you need to ship it all to and where when exactly do you need to have it. And this is how it worked much better for him. And this is with this flagging, this, this indexing, we managed to understand better the users. Uh, but this is in a very small scale. If you're going on a bigger scale, if you think about it, when you have, for example, a better example will be with an app that managing uh, properties. Uh, and then they have a lot of users that coming into the app. They need to understand where these users uh, landing, what they're doing. And uh, they offer then options for booking a, a Airbnb kind of for the app. And what we try to explain to them at the end of the day is, okay, users that looked at three or four properties are much more engage in finding something to rent rather than a user that didn't look at any property or just put, okay, I'm looking at something at London. And they didn't keep from there. So we needed, we started to segment the users and we knew exactly a user that arrived and had three searches means that it's a better user. So we should retarget him and bring him back to the app. Yeah, I love that. So you actually didn't even have to talk to people because one of the things I always recommend when you're like sort of getting the app off the ground, just go to usertesting.com, put in an order for like 150 bucks, get three people to like really check out your app and then like talk over as they're using it so that you can really understand like, oh, I don't get it. Like, you know, you could have figured that out. But did you guys happen to talk to users or you're like, hey, I'm Lior, I know data, I know what's wrong, I'm going to fix this for you. So they, 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 the customer talk to users, they're trying to understand better from the users. Then uh, my approach is basically like an holistic way to look at the users and actually see all of them rather than just starting to interview because at the end of the day, you need to pay for these users to interview them. And with this, it's much more easy. You have all the data sitting there, you know, you have all the raw data. So why not to use it for your advantage, right? Uh, you, you paid for it, you got it there, start using it. And this is the main thing that we're trying to achieve with these plugins. Use the data that you collect. You don't need to go all over it because I know how difficult it is to start and understand each and every process or each and every event. But you can aggregate it in ways that are going to make you understand much better your product and much better what your users are doing on the app. Lior, is there a analytics platform or something that you're like, hey, you know, here's some SDKs that you should definitely have. Like, what's the one recommendation that you make to, to people who don't have any type of tracking or anything in, inside the app? So it, it's there is no specific one. As I said, you can go to Adjust, you can go basically to AppsFly, you can go to Tune, you can go to whoever's sitting out there and can actually help you to set up events inside your app. So collecting all this information and then you collect it into your own server. I'm always saying that it's very nice. A lot of my users, when they arrive to me, or my customers, when they arrive to me, tell me, yeah, I have the data saved on this attribution tool partner. But this is not the right approach. The right approach is to actually set your own environment and collect all this raw data on your own side, right? Uh, many times you uh, can collect much more information when you're owning the app. So why to give it to a third party as something for free? So the only thing that you will need from at the end of the day from the attribution tool will be who paid from these devices that arrived to me, what was the campaign they clicked on, and then from there you're tracking it locally on the app, you're sending the events into through a MongoDB, for example, into your server, and you're collecting all this information on some uh, buckets, and then you're moving it into a, a nice infrastructure that you can show it. So I many times I'm visual, visualizing the data for my users with Tableau, 
uh, or Power BI that allows basically to create quite really easy graphs with all of this data. And then you're just sitting there and you have the data in front of you and you can see exactly what's going on with your app and you can make decisions quite easily. This is, this is at the end of the day my passion. This is where I love to like, you know, you, the apps coming to me and saying like, okay, I have this and this and this and I have 25 KPIs. And then with three KPIs, I show them exactly where they stand, what they need to do, and what is the decisions they need to make on the investment to acquire better users at the end of the day. I love it. So the definitely have an attribution tool, and I'm going to assume that you're going to help us set up like the whole bringing it to our server because all those tools you mentioned, I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> it's like you're speaking a whole <laughs> other language, but you're going to help us. So definitely have like to the listeners out there, definitely have some attribution tools in place, and then Lior is going to help you with sort of like the automating, bringing it onto your own servers. Correct? Yeah, correct. Correct. Okay. Cool. Lior, anything we miss that you want to make sure that we cover? So the idea of it at the end of the day, uh, and this is a message that I think needs to be sent out to a lot of app uh, publisher out there. You don't need a data scientist from day one. You can do the work yourself. And this is something that a lot of people started to bring data scientists and then say, this data is not working for me and I don't understand what's going on there. And the right way to actually do it is to start yourself do the KPIs and define the funnels. And only after you have at least one year of data, then you can bring on board a data scientist. Don't do it before that. It's a waste of money. You're just going to be disappointed out of it. And you're not going to have enough of meat for the data scientist itself to actually build something good for you. The indexing system or the flagging system at the end of the day, it's, it's a beginning. It's a start. It's only the base for building at, in a later stage a revenue forecast. It's an earlier stage to actually start to not only identify device, okay, I don't I want to have retention of 30 days, actually look at retention of two years. Think about this, how crazy it's be to know the minute the user is landed for the next two years or the next one year, or the next three years, this is the value you're gonna create for me. And this is what it wants for me, and this is why I'm willing to invest in him X amount of money. And then you can design your retargeting much better. You can understand much better how your retargeting is going to work. You can actually create a strategy. And this is, I think, something that a lot of users are struggling with at the end of the day with money-wise because they're going and hiring people and then they don't have enough budget. And then at the end of the day, this budget is not being used efficiently. So you need to use it really efficient in the right ways and bring the right people on board when it's actually the right time for them to arrive there. And with this flagging, with this indexing system, you will be able to actually know when is exactly the time to start scaling your app and when is the time to start bringing more and more people on board and not only you as a beginning as usually it happens. Yeah, I love it. All right. Well, Lior, before we hit the big finish, I do want to thank my sponsor, clevertap.com. Here's what they're going to help you do. They're going to help you re-engage and their motto is help you retain your users for life. And one of the best ways to re-engage with their users is to send push notifications. Now I go through in this, most people like me, I disable it because I don't want to get bothered all the freaking time. But with push notifications, you got to figure out the right moment. You got to give them a reason why. And they've got this great ebook that you want to check out if you just want to learn more about it. It's called Grab and Push Notification Templates. And what with CleverTap, what you can start doing is Looking at the data, kind of like Lior, kind of figuring out when is the right time to send this push notification. How do you personalize that push notification? So if you're in e-commerce, 
You can give them an offer or you can say, hey, hurry up. There's only two days left. So you can start thinking about what kind of push notification is going to get them back in and sort of re-engage so that when we work with Lior, you say, hey, here are the flags we're going to do. And then here are when we're going to set up these push notifications, whether they're geo-specific or whether you want to add that person's name into that personalization with that push notification. CleverTap can help you do just that. So go check them out. It is clevertap.com. And if you talk to somebody, schedule that demo, let them know that you heard it on this very podcast. It is once again, clevertap.com. Lior, this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. Give us one app. We definitely have to check out. Vivino is my favorite app. I don't know how many use, use it, but it's I'm, a, I'm, I'm a addicted to wine and I'm drinking quite a lot of bottles of wine. And every time I'm traveling, Vivino is my best friend to know which wine I should buy and which one should I drink. Uh, and uh, it's an amazing app. At the end of the day, it's like sp- simplifies my way of drinking wine. And I can drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> We, we will definitely have to do that. I'm a big wine drinker myself. Sometimes I feel guilty. I'm like, I just finished a bottle last night. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. <laughs> what's a lesson that took you the longest to learn? The longest to learn to stay pragmatic, to stay uh, modest in what you build and not to jump too ahead before you are ready to do the, the big jumps. So you need to build it. You need to stabilize each of your processes. I think this is my biggest lessons in life. Uh, if I remember myself 10 years ago when I started e-commerce, uh, still when before apps were around and it was uh, only web, uh, I, I was going all over. You know, I was running and trying to do everything I could. And this is not how it should be. Keep it simple, stabilize something and then go to the next step. I love it. Well, the website is if you're looking to get the marketing automation and you want to learn more about Lior, go check out Tail about data.com. It's linked up into the show notes as well. It's T-A-L-E about data.com. Lior, if the audience wants to follow up with you personally, is there anywhere else you want to send them? They can come to my Twitter. So it's Leo B uh, and they find me on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Well, all that will linked up will be linked up into the show notes. So if you just click on Lior's name, you'll be presented with his Twitter or LinkedIn profile. Lior, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. Thank you very much. It's been an honor to be here. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you at the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.